Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. Well, a very pleasant good morning to you. Hi there, this is Patrick Timpone, and it's OneRadioNetwork.com. That's us. How you doing? It's Wednesday, the 22nd of September, 2021, and... Um, you're going to have a good time. Today, Charlie Sewell is here. Charlie is uh, a longtime friend, and he's really uh, quite an, an authority on the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, laws, what aren't laws, what isn't art, whatever, um, uh, statutes, all kinds of things he's been studying forever. And uh, we're going to talk about potentially doing a religious exemption if somebody wants to jab you up. So stay tuned. You're going to be able to get this document. It'll be right on his uh, show page tonight when we post this or later on this afternoon. So you don't even have to email me. You're just going to be able to download it and, and rock and roll. About uh, four hours from now or something like that, I, you know, I don't do time, I guess three hours, Dr. Thomas Cowan and Andrew Kaufman are scheduled to be here at 1 o'clock. It'll be a live show. So if you have questions for Kaufman and Cowan, Kaufman and Cowan, Kaufman and Cowan, what happened to Charlie? Kaufman and Cowan, email me, Patrick, at OneRadioNetwork.com. I lost you, Charlie. I don't know what happened to Charlie. Oh, he'll be back. I'm sure he'll be back. He was right there. And then, um, oh, that, that's it. And then we'll take a break uh, today and then uh, tomorrow, rather. And then we're going to have uh, the Friday show. And we talk about all things, uh, why we're here, where we are, who we are, and what's it all about, Alfie, and anything we can get our hands on on Friday. And our, we're getting more and more people listening to the Friday show because I'm pretty crackers, and evidently people like crackers people. So, I mean, and there's Doodle, and there's Charlie. Charlie, I lost you for a moment. What's what's going on? What's the matter? Hold on. I'm not touching. Charlie, good morning. Good morning, Patrick. What happened? Well, your internet was plopping or something? or No, I touched my video cable and it locked up. Well, that's okay, Charlie. You're looking good. I like your shirt. You're looking iridescent. You could walk out there and drive your bike in, at the traffic, but don't do that. Charlie yes. Sewell is with us. He is from Virginia, the great state of Virginia. And Charlie, you have been looking into things. We're going to talk about how long has it been? How long has it been? Well, chasing rabbit trails for about 30 years. <clears throat> the last two years, the uh, fall of 2019, uh, the pulled back on the redress of grievance provided by the founding fathers in the Constitution, the oath of office. The oath of office thing. Well, are we sure? Let me grab something. Sorry. Something out of my reach. Uh, we did a thing with you, Charlie, about the oath of office. How long was it? A month ago or so? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in August. And boy, did we have a lot of people that wanted that. And just give people the short story if they didn't see this first show, what what that's about. So we can kind of recap that and uh, then talk about it a little bit. It's the idea that if, if people take the oath of office and they're violating their oath of office, which is which is to defend, support the Constitution that you can kind of call them on it. That's a simple, simple explanation. And, and the hidden secret of the oath of office 
is that the oath of office is actually a contract offer to the people. And you actually have to get a physical copy of the oath of office, write an acceptance on it, and mail it back and create a contract between you and the public official you're dealing with. Ah, pretty curious. Very curious, isn't it? Yeah. It's easier to do at the local level. It's still doable at the state level. And it's more complicated in the federal level. Because it would probably be a challenge to get Joe Biden's oath of office written and sent to you, is what you're saying? Uh, actually, actually, probably not. Hmm. I mean, you can do it because you just write the Secretary of State. Ah. Mm-hmm. That's recorded. Uh, but you would actually need to look in the, in the, uh, um, the uh, federal United States Code under oath of office for uh, federal employees, and it will break down where they are. Some of them, like people from, uh, let's just say, the Department of Justice, uh, theirs would probably be there at the Department of Justice. I see. The code tell you where their specific oath of office is. Most of the local people at the local level are recorded at the clerk of the court's office. Then if you wanted to get your governor, your secretary of state, your attorney general, people up there, they would be at the secretary of state. And if you wanted your state representatives, uh, you'd have to look. They'll be recorded someplace else. They tell you where they're recorded. Hmm. So it's the idea that you actually get the oath of office from whoever, whomever, and you you sign it and send it back to to them, saying, "I now have a I'm accepting your oath, so I have a contract with you." Sim- in simple terms. Yes, and and if you want to uh, learn, one of the people that was using it early on, Rice McLeod down there in Texas back in the eighties, and he's got a little. Um, uh, there's a page thing out there, a study guide that he did about the oath of office tells you how he started. The, the main thing to understand about the oath of office that we talked about last time mm-hmm. is there are Supreme Court cases and other court rulings that tell you the exact language and words to use. And that's what you want to use in your letters. So in essence, what's happening is they're trespassing on Constitution. They're trespassing on their oath of office, and <clears throat> must be a lightning storm going on. <laughs> Charlie, your 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 camera's blinking. Uh, you got, I know. I know. Uh, I don't know what's going on. You don't know what's going on. You're not touching yeah, the. Maybe, you're not touching the I'm wire touching or anything? anything. Okay. I'm not touching. So and Rice so you, Rice McLeod. How do you spell his last name? M C L E O D. M C L E O D. You could. You could duck, duck, go that and maybe learn something. But um, So these documents are still available. If you email me, Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com, we'll, we'll send you the oath of office. Has uh, anybody made any headway from the show that we did? What was it? Was it a month ago? Six weeks ago? Yeah. Well, I've had a lot of people that are very interested. I've sent them the information. Um, I have uh, a person from New York that's dealing with the passport um having to show the passport to go to restaurants and things. Uh, I talked to three young ladies down in uh, Louisiana yesterday who were dealing with the school board in the mask mandate. Mm-hmm. I've heard from a lot, quite a lot of people. Well, I know. Um, oh, got a lot of people asked for the documents, that's for sure. Phew, man. Yeah. So, um, 
So, uh, well, okay, I, I, let's just move on from there because that's, I, I guess it would be a, just a choice of which way you want to go. And I guess you could do both, Charlie, if you were, people were trying to force you to get jabbed up. You could do what we're going to talk about this morning and do the oath. Yes, but you have to realize employers don't have oaths of office. They have yeah. charters. Yeah. College and universities don't have oaths. Of, now, some of them may have oaths of office. I can't. I don't know for sure whether the uh, um, chairman of the board of a university and the dean of students and whoever else has oaths of office, but they are under a charter. Mm-hmm. But they're all in the Constitution. Okay, and so in essence, what we what I talked about on the last show was the November twenty fifth, two thousand and twenty Supreme Court case where they said not even in a pandemic can the Constitution be ended. They're mm-hmm. um, using Supreme Court rulings and other court rulings to show where the universities, the employers, the school board, whoever is trespassing on the Constitution and therefore is trespassing on their oath of office. So you're never making an accusation. You're showing what the Supreme Court and the Constitution says, and you're just bringing it to their attention. Like I said, the thing you're doing is, I'm doing this as a courtesy. Mm -hmm. I'm here to protect. You've received some unconstitutional counsel. You're committing some unconstitutional wrongdoings, and you've put your career at stake and I just want to bring this information to you so you have an opportunity to come back under the Constitution yes, sir. instead of trespassing on it. And again, how does it work in universities where, where their, their charter may have something in there that they have to support the Constitution? And that's how it could tie in? Well, the big thing is a lot of them, when they become a registered entity, with the state to get an IRS number, EIN, TIN number, whatever it is, <clears throat> they have to do an Articles of Organization. Hmm. The Articles of Organization is just their personal constitution. Huh. Sometimes, sometimes there will be a clause there that says they comply with the laws of the United States. Okay. But the bottom line is no corporation has the authority to trespass on the Constitution. There's no clause in any corporation's Articles of Incorporation Charter that says, oh yeah, we can violate the Constitution. Oh, you mean so, even if it's not in writing, whether it be Amazon or Starbucks or anybody, as a corporation, they cannot trample on the Constitution. Correct? Correct. Wow. Correct. That's pretty cool. It is it is monstrous when you you're talking about you're talking about um, Facebook censoring people. Yes, sir. That's a violation of the Constitution. The people just don't know it. It's a violation of free speech and it's a violation of equal protection. But nobody knows it and nobody comes down on them. And the Department of Justice isn't going there because they like the fact that Facebook is censoring conservative opinions. Yes, sir. And, and I, I not only conservative, but just opinions that are contrary to the party line, right? Whether, oh, yeah. yeah, whether exactly. it be vaccines or whatever, you know, exactly. Whatever the globalist uh, people controlling Biden, etc., 
whatever they're doing, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, all of them are in support of that. And this is all a violation of the Constitution. It's a violation of the Civil Rights Act, too. 241, 242. Why Civil Rights Act? Well, you're denying freedom of speech. Huh. You're letting some people put opinions up, and they're they're censoring out opposing opinions. Hmm. Can't do that, huh? And <laughs> well, that's what the Constitution, the Supreme Court says. I mean, that's why they. That's why uh, <clears throat> you know there are, are quite a number of cases out of Birmingham, Alabama, that went before the Supreme Court that were civil rights violations that helped clarify the Civil Rights Act. Hmm. Um, the <clears throat> I don't know how deep you want to oh, get. Oh, that's okay. No, no, it's fine. We don't want to get too swampy or too deep because my head will explode. And, you know, I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed here. Charlie Sewell is with us. And you can join us. Our 800 number is working. 888-663-6386. Email patrick, oneradionetwork.com. So we have the um, freedom of speech thing going with the Facebook at all. We'll just call it like that. And then we have the equal, and then the, uh, Civil Rights Act, because you have to have, and then is that the same thing as equal protection, or is that another? No, that is. Oh, that equal is equal protection. Okay. And if you look under Title eighteen, two forty one, and two forty two, deprivation of rights under color of law, and conspiracy for deprivation of rights, it spells out exactly. Hmm. It spells out the civil rights, the equal protection of what cannot be trampled on and it is so powerful and again it's one of the best kept secrets wow. we're going to go into at the end of this in a minute when it, we get there. when we get to to the and the, and the medical uh-huh. or the religious exemption yes. we're going to talk about yes. you mean so if you really had like uh i don't know somebody really cool and the justice department say robert f kennedy jr or something and he wanted to go after these people Facebook and YouTube and all these guys, you could you could shut these guys down if they continue to do the way they do? Sure. Wow. I mean, I'm not an attorney, but no, let I me understand. tell you this. Wow. Okay, I mean, I know you know. Okay, so we talked before. When they pave the road in front of your house, do they pave your driveway? Because your driveway is private property, right? Okay. So in understanding private property and understanding the civil rights, when you go to a restaurant or a gym and they say, today's Wednesday, no black people, can they do that? No. 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 It's a discrimination. It's a civil rights. How about no women on Wednesdays? No. Or no Muslims? No. Well, if you really think about it, they can't say no. If you don't have a mask, you can't come in. Even private same companies? Yeah, because really? they are registered with the government. They're, when you register with the government, when you form to become an LLC right. or a corporation or any of that, right. you register with the United States government. You now are an instrumentality of the federal government. Okay. You're a political division. These are all definitions you can look up. Wow. You've, you've registered. You, you've earned, you're under the umbrella. Wow. A so, lot of, and, yeah, yeah. So, so all this liberty, and I'm a kind of libertarian at heart, but so this libertarian idea that floats around saying, well, if you're 
Costco or whatever, you're a private company, and you can say whatever you want, no shoes, no shirt, no service, but you're saying that's not true. <clears throat> I mean, no mask, I guess. Let's do the mask thing. Yeah. Yeah. See, because the no mask and vaccine passport is the same thing as saying if you're black, you can't come in today. Why? It's discrimination. Because of so health? Have to have a health reasons, you mean? HIPAA? Government. No. There's nothing in the Constitution that gives the government the authority regulate health but let's go to the bigger issue the most important thing that's happened in august was august 3rd up in alberta canada guy patrick king was fined twelve hundred dollars for not wearing a mask and when he went into court the question he asked that's all right the question he asked was uh um He issued a subpoena to the provincial health minister for proof that the so-called COVID-19 SARS virus exists, and they were forced to admit that there was no evidence whatsoever. Therefore, the mask mandate was a violation. I mean, it had no substance. Here it is. I request all white papers describing the isolation COVID-19, a.k.a. SARS-CoV-2 virus in human beings directly from a sample taken from a diseased patient where the patient's sample was not first combined with any other source of <laughs> genetic material. Yeah. And the health minister <clears throat> had to admit um, that that evidence didn't uh, uh, exist, and therefore the statutes that were crafted to make the public having to wear a mask was based on hearsay. Hearsay. So this was Patrick King. It was Alberta, you said? Alberta, Canada, August 3rd, 2021. So to this day, are they not able to mandate masks in in Alberta? Do you know? On that day, they, to my understanding and reading the article, on that day, uh, they uh, terminated all the tickets, no mask tickets uh, that had been and they passed a mandate that no mass mandates in Alberta. Wow. But you see, that's critical. That's critical of all civil and criminal trials. Where's the verified material evidence that backs up the statement? Oh, it's that's what you got to have. It's verified material evidence, right? Right. Hmm. So this is what Lanka and those other people in Europe are trying to do as well, Right. Fullmer, yes. these people, they're saying, show me the virus, baby, because it ain't there. And show, and show me the verified material evidence that the mask, wearing the mask, actually reduces transmission of the COVID virus. Because there is no COVID virus because you can't prove it, so it's hearsay? In a judicial setting, yes. Hmm. Wow. Well, we're going to as far as the mask. Go ahead. Yeah, we're going to have Cowan and Kaufman on at about at one o'clock this afternoon, and I'm going to mention that. I'm sure they they're on it because they're you know they they've been on top of this show me the virus thing. So fascinating. So so let's we we have to get into this um, religious exemption thing. Otherwise, I'm going to get lost in the weeds here, and you know, it'll be lunchtime. It's too much fun to talk to Charlie. Uh, <laughs> Charlie, what's Sewell's, happened? No, 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 I'm just going to do a little break here. Take a breath. 
I, I, whatever you're doing, don't touch anything because it looks like whatever with that little flipping camera thing is not happening anymore. So, you know, we're kind of good. So don't move. That's funny. It's like a kid. Don't touch anything. Don't touch anything. Patrick Timpone, OneRadioNetwork.com. Well, you know, Shen Blossom is one of the uh, really great companies uh, in this uh, just amazing company. And if you'd like to go there through our website, uh, click on it, Shen Blossom, and uh, you will see products online with different uh, medicinal mushrooms, ginsengs, uh, some very nice mineral products, adaptogens, uh, shizandra, goji berry, all, um, all liquid things. This uh, The grotein, the two different protein powders that they have are just really awesome. It's just a wonderful company. Uh, good stuff. I mean, just great, great, uh, uh, great ingredients and uh, really terrific formulations. And they've been all put together by Brandon Amalani, and he goes back with the you know the Chinese medicine people, and he has a whole lineage of people he works with. And some of these formulas are are just pretty ancient, and they just go back a long way. So I, I think you'll like the the company. You'll like what you find there. Uh, it's um, uh, really nice things and. You're going to get your money's worth of whatever you spend there. I just guarantee it. Uh, so many different things. And just look around, read the ingredients in the Grotein product and see if you might want to try that to lose weight or even to gain weight if you add it after a meal. And uh, But you can do it to lose weight. Use it as a meal replacement. And uh, the, uh, the first ingredient is bamboo. Can you believe it? Bamboo pith. That's what the panda bears eat. If you'd like to be like a panda bear, they're pretty cool. So that's Shen Blossom. It's on OneRadioNetwork.com. If you haven't tried our sulfur, we recommend it. This conversation took place six years ago with the brilliant Dr. Patrick Flanagan. Is there any trick to remembering uh, dream experiences? And we've had so many people that are remembering more and more vivid dreams after being on the organic sulfur. Yeah. That's why, why, what is going on there? Well, the first first thing that happens with the organic sulfur is that when your body gets cleansed uh, to a certain point, you start dreaming in full technicolor. Most people don't dream in color. They dream in black and white and, um, if, if, and don't remember their dreams at all. And the organic sulfur starts cleansing uh, the brain and the pineal gland starts operating and suddenly... Uh, the first thing people uh, do is they have these vivid dreams in color. Well, that's just one of the benefits with our organic sulfur. It's totally pure. Very few are out there that are pure as ours is. You can click an order anytime. OneRadioNetwork.com. If you'd like more than four pounds, email me for 10% or maybe more discount, depending. Patrick at one radio. Network.com, and thanks for your support. Well, you're quite welcome, Patrick. Oh, um, they got a cool thing coming up on in October. October 9 through t- Excuse me. October 9 through 10, and there's going to be some workshops too. It's a 100% virtual conference, and it's starring Kaufman, Cowan, David Icke, Kelly Brogan, Sally Fallon, plus nine more experts, uh, people about water, organite, Sally, uh, um, something McCusick, Eileen McCusick, all on um, tuning forks and things, and the new biology 
If you'd like to go and sign up for some of these, you can click on it through our website. Sharon has a very nice ad uh, just underneath uh, where we stream our our uh, our videos, or it's just above. Oh, just above where we stream our videos because uh, they're coming on today. I see. Good job, Sharon. And uh, you can click on there and then sign up and uh, I think have a good time. I'm going to do a couple of them. I don't know where you can do the whole deal or you can do just one, but, uh, you know, we'll see. But anyway, so Colin and Coffin will be on today, but you can sign up and, and have some fun with those. From the Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. Okay, Charlie Sewell is with us. who has been at this a long time looking at how we can protect ourselves using their laws, their stuff, their constitu- our Constitution, our Declaration of Independence. Um, so you have put together, with, and you, you worked on this with some other people too, right? You had a little team on this guy, Charlie, this notice? Well, actually, actually as, as before Biden did his proclamation, about vaccinations of all federal employees and contractors and everybody in the military. There were rumors that employers were going to require vaccination, da-da-da-da, and all of that. And so I had just read, you know, I had seen different websites and different things, and I would read the religious exemptions, and and they they were good. Some of them were quite good. And then actually one of the people that watched the show contacted me and he sent the link, little 12 minute video link, YouTube link to another person. And that person had a short religious exemption. Mm -hmm. Some religious exemptions are two, three, four, five pages long. Wow. Which is, I think too long. Mm -hmm. But so this had this short one and then I went and rewrote it and added some things and said, sent it back to the, to the, a person that contacted me that had seen the show that we'd done. And I said, here's my take on what this, here's the transcript of what their affidavit was. Here's how I've plugged it a little bit, Uh make it better. Mm -hmm. And then in the middle of the night, I woke up and I said, oh man, I had an epiphany. And I said, here's what we need to do using the stuff that we're using with the oath of office. Mm -hmm. So I'm using exact, see, because what I talked about on our show together, yeah, is the same thing I've put in this, the Constitution and the Supreme Court. And if you've got something better, then provide it under affidavit for my consideration. You'll see when we get to the last paragraph. So that's the general idea before we get into it, and we're going to do it line by line, is the idea, this is my understanding with the Supreme Court and the Constitution, why I have an exemption because of my religion. And exactly. if you got something better, dude, and do that, you know, lay it on me. And, you know, if you... Is that the idea? If you, if you really can trump what I'm saying here, how do you say something like that? If you're going to reject oh. my religious exemption, yeah, you'd better do it. Remember, we just talked about verified material evidence. Yeah, that's an affidavit. If you're gonna, if you're gonna reject my religious exemption, liberty, liberty exemption. Mm-hmm. And you do it under affidavit. Otherwise, your exemption is hearsay. And most people came to me yesterday um, was most people don't have a backup plan. Oh, they get that religious exemption and they're so excited. They sign it. Mm -hmm. Um, They may get their minister to sign it. And they send it off. And 
They didn't send it to a particular person. They might have sent it to human resources or somebody, and it comes back rejected, and nobody signed it. Mm-hmm. It just says your religious exemption has been denied, mm-hmm. okay? And nobody signed it. Well, they didn't have a backup plan. What was their backup plan? Because nobody talks about that. Well, after I wrote the letter and you said you wanted to get on the show last week, mm-hmm. I've been thinking about it and praying about it, and all of a sudden says, here's what we need to do. Here's how we back this little guy up. And how are we going to back it up? Civil rights complaint, 241, 242. <laughs> Which, and 241 and 242 explain what our freedoms are in the First Amendment. And the Fourth Amendment that says no war be issued, but a couple of calls are, well, that applies to their denial not religious exemption, and then it's also protected by the affidavit of who's actually rejecting this. Okay, we got to go back and do that again. So you send it off somewhere, and somebody did just send it back and said, no, never mind, it doesn't work, whatever you sent us. Then what do you do? Then you're going to write them back. Right. Okay, let's just say you're dealing with a university. Yeah, university. They send it let's back. Let's say it's said, coming from yeah. the dean of students. Okay. And the dean of students write back and says, your religious exemption has been denied. Right. Okay. And, see, most people don't have, let's look at the last sentence of our of our notice. Can we do that? Let's do it. That's okay. So, last you want the last paragraph or the last sentence? Uh, the last paragraph. Last paragraph? Okay, I'm going to read it, okay? I, Patrick, one of the people hereby claim all herein is true to the best of my belief and under secured redress of grievance that any man or woman under written sworn affidavit who believes that they can display my claim, bring forth their claim, can dispute dispute my claim, sorry, lights here, dispute my claim, bring forth their claim to me within 72 hours with a specific authority greater than those stated herein for my consideration, or any affidavit claim of claim stand as fact and all silence is acquiescence, so if they don't respond, they're acquiescence, and is acknowledgement, all trespass is acceptance of full total and complete liability of my property, my rights are protected under the secured right of just compensation for trespass on my property without any consent. John Henry. So, when, when, you send, when, we, when they send this out, if, if there's no response, you're saying this last paragraph has already told them what they needed to do that they didn't do? Correct. Then what? And so, and so, one of the things that people will have to do that are listening to the show, and, and we'll provide it, and it's in the um, talking points from our show in August, is you have to read 241 and 242, which is deprivation of rights under color of law. So now you get a unsigned letter back, and you say, I received your unsigned letter. You never responded. And there seems to be an unconstitutional wrongdoing going on here. So now when you when you do this when you do this exemption, you have to actually mail it 
to a specific person. Okay. Usually it says, it says uh, send it to the Dean of Students, um, 124 uh, Main Street, uh, University of whatever, um, 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 Nashville, Tennessee. All right. Okay, not a specific person. Okay, so you have to send it to a specific person. Now, the other thing you want to do is send it to the chairman of the board of the, and the board members. Of the university? Yeah. Yeah, you want to send it to all of them. Okay, you want to put them all on notice. If they're going to require this, if they're standing behind this, you want them, you want them all notified. And then let's say you get the letter back and you and they've denied you, okay? Then you just write them back and said, you have now violated my constitution. And we'll go in the letter in a minute. We talk about the constitutional rights of the Supreme Court case and the other Supreme Court case, okay? And 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 now, because of that, you've, divide, you've deprived me of my civil rights under color of law, and I'm going to start filing civil rights complaints with the with the Department of Justice. I'm going to file a civil rights complaint against the university. I'm going to file a civil rights claim against you, the Dean of Students. I'm going to file a civil rights claim against the Vice President of the University, the President of the University, the Chairman of the Board, and all the Board members. I'm going to file a civil rights complaint because you obviously are doing this under the auspices of the President of the University, right? And they're, they, and they're doing it under the auspices of the board. I mean, the dean of students or whoever is demanding the vaccine mandate, he isn't doing it on his own, is he? I, I Obviously, the board, yeah, somebody, the president, they got together. The, yeah. I mean, they, they've all been involved in it. They're all touching the fruit of the poisonous tree. So, so the civil rights, the follow-up thing, that's, that's, a, that's an idea that's going to really thrill them, right? They're going to listen, they're going to, they're going to think about this. Well, they're going to think about it, yes, because that person is probably not the only person that's using a religious exemption. Okay, there'll be a lot of them, right? So, so now, that, yeah, yeah, and if you've and if as a student you've educated your other friends and said, well, look, here's a religious exemption, and and they don't even have to use my religious exemption, but they can put this last paragraph in their religious exemption. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. This 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 is the accountability paragraph. This creates accountability. This says if you don't send me the affidavit, then your silence is acquiescent. All right. Right. And then you're going to turn around and inform. We're going to file all these civil rights claims. These civil rights claims are discriminatory. Well, all of their grant money, and when you mail the letter back, you're going to mail your state representative and your federal representative and the governor and the attorney general of the state. You're going to notify all of them. You're going to notify the state and federal representative that these people are receiving federal and state grant money. And and one of the conditions of the grant money is you can't be discriminatory. Right. Yeah, that thrills them, boy, when you start getting after their grants. But the idea is, is that when you do the civil rights thing, if you have to, you don't have to do some big fancy letter. You're just going to be telling them the basic idea of, and, and mention the civil rights codes like you do. That's all you got to say. They'll, they'll know what you're talking about, right? Right. Here's my religious exemption letter. Right. Here's my denial from the university. 
And here's 241, 242. And the exemption letter I've put together, we'll go over it in a second, covers all the constitutional trespasses and trespasses on the charter mm-hmm. that this institution is doing. Cool. In my humble opinion, I'm not an attorney. Yeah, this right. is from my research. I understand. Okay, let's get in this letter before we go. So, um, so we start off with I'm Patrick, and I'm one of the people hereby claim that all rights known and unknown are are and waiving. I'm not waiving any of my rights, right? Exactly. Hmm. Under the authority of the unalienable rights granted by the Creator, secured by the Declaration of Independence, 1776, and the acknowledged first organic document, the American people, securing life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, is my definition of my religious belief. Okay, so the Declaration of Independence is one of the four organic laws, right? So it's yes. it's yes. it's the real deal. It's not just some dusty thing up in the Smithsonian Institute somewhere. It's the four organic laws to Declaration of Independence. So you're doing the religious exemption on the Declaration of Independence, not anybody's. I'm, I'm starting. I'm starting there. Okay. Because let's think what belief in God is. Is belief in God is belief in God pain punishment, degradation, discrimination? No. No. It's life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. That's what God's all about. Hmm. Have liberty to do the things that you're, as long as you're not harming other people. Right. Pursue happiness, have a job, have a family, travel, go on vacation. Isn't that, isn't that what God is all about? Yes. Life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness? So now anybody could alter that. This is just what I put. But you'll see I build on it as it goes further. You build. Okay. We like building. Under the authority of, oh, we did that one. Okay. Uh, No, no, it's the same again. Oh, it's the same thing again. Oh, we said it again. We're saying it again. Under the authority of the unalienable rights from the Constitution or from the Creator, Creator, enumerated and secured 1791 Federal Bill of Rights, in the First Amendment, Amendment's exercise of religious freedom and secured in the Fourth Amendment's the rights of the people to be secure in their persons, underlined, against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated, as acknowledged in the Fourth Organic Document of the American People, and that all men are created equal. The source, okay, hang on, let's stop okay, there. All right. Now, the reason this is important is because the First Amendment talks about religious freedom. Yeah. Okay? But remember, in the secured rights of the Declaration of Independence, it says life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, correct? Yes. We're talking about our religious liberty. Okay? Well, who's to say what my belief is? My religious belief, my religious freedom, my religious liberty is. I get to say, you get to say what it is, don't you? Yes. Absolutely. Okay. And so now the Fourth Amendment says, and again, notice that the word secure is in the Declaration of Independence. You want to use the words that they're using. Well, it's in the Fourth Amendment, the right of the people to be secure in their persons. Well, your person is your body. 
against unreasonable search and seizure. So now, so now they're going to seize your body by giving you a vaccine or making you wear a mask. Yes. Okay. Shall not be violated. Shall not. Okay. Now, now we're going to come up with a Supreme Court case in a minute, but let's get to the third paragraph, fourth paragraph, oh. that all men are created. Uh, that all men are created equal. The source of the 14th Amendment's Equal Rights Clause, which secures the right of choice and the right to unimpaired contract or not to contract as secured in Article 1, Clause 10. Okay, so now the Equal Rights Amendment is coming directly from the Declaration of Independence. It says all men are created equal, endowed by their creator with unalienable rights, life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. So now we've identified where not only religious freedom and liberty is coming from, but we're also talking about where the Equal Rights Amendment is coming from. It's coming right from the beginning. Right from the beginning. Now we're, now we're going to use a Supreme Court case to affirm what we've talked about. Oh, go, Charlie. As affirmed. Because remember, remember, go when they come back and deny this, yeah. they're going to have to do something better than a Supreme Court case. Good for them. As affirmed yeah. in the November 25, 2020, recently, United States Supreme Court ruling Roman Catholic Process Diocese of Brooklyn, New York, versus Andrew M. Cuomo, governor of New York, but, quote, but even in a pandemic, the Constitution, this is the Supreme Court, cannot be put away and forgotten. The restrictions at issue here by effectively barring any from attending religious services strike at the very heart of the First Amendment's guarantee of religious liberty, adding, adding as well as securing all enumerated rights herein. Ooh. Okay. One of the things we talked about last time was the Founding Fathers in the Supreme Court aren't going to pull the whole rabbit out of the hat. You're going to have to be involved enough to understand the greater implications of what they're saying. So in that first sentence, when it says, but even in a pandemic cannot be put away and forgotten, well, doesn't that mean, well, if they can't do it in a pandemic, if they can't, if they can't um, uh, put the Constitution away and forget it during a pandemic, then doesn't that mean there isn't any day in the calendar year that they can put the Constitution away, is it? No. Even if they, even if they declare some kind of national emergency we're being invaded by aliens or something well now you now you may be getting <laughs> let's just stick with it let's not okay. play the what if game okay all right he's saying he's saying the supreme court ruling states even in a pandemic it can't be put away and then they reference the first amendment religious freedom right well if they can't put religious freedom away then that means they can't put away freedom of speech either can they nope or peaceable assembly. Nope. Or if they can't put away what's in the First Amendment, they can't put away what's in the Fourth Amendment, the right of the people to be secure in their persons, right? That's me. Securing. So in, so in S, okay. Yeah. Let's move on. Now. Oh, okay. Okay. So let me share something Go really ahead. powerful. All right. 
at the very end of that sentence that we put in there, it says, at the very heart of the First Amendment's guarantee of religious what? Liberty. Liberty. Where is it coming from? Right back to the Declaration of Independence. Life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. Even the Supreme Court uses the words from the foundational documents. So you do too. I'm not talking about my religious freedom. I'm talking about my religious liberty affirmed in the Declaration of Independence, affirmed in the Bill of Rights, and affirmed in this Supreme Court ruling. And if you've got something better than this Supreme Court ruling, <laughs> choke it up now, dog, or we're coming on. <laughs> God love you, you Charlie. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Let me just ask you this. Have you, perchance, read any other religious exemption letters? Uh, I have not. No, I have not. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because all I can tell you, all I can tell you, just what I've done in one, two, three, four, five sentences, right. I've done more in five sentences than I've seen in any just exemption letter I've seen. Really? It's always putting it on them. We're always putting it on them. Putting it back on them and, and also using their words in the foundation documents, which, which, which enumerates our God-given rights to life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. You're back to the, Amen. yeah, yeah. Wow. All right, let's go to the next one. Okay, so, and the next paragraph is, as again affirmed by the United States Supreme Court in 1891, wow, Union Pacific Railroad County versus Botsford. Versus Boxford, Boxford, quote, no right is more sacred than the right of every individual to the control of their own person, wow, free from all restraint or interference of others because forced vaccinations constitute a form of battery. They put that in the thing? No, now the form of battery is not in the quote. No right is more sacred than the right of every individual to control their own person. That's their body. That's right from the Fourth Amendment, free from all restraint and interference from others. So now we've given a Supreme Court case from November of 2020, and now we're going all the way back to 1891, 100 and what, 70 years? Right. Where they said the thing. So now, so now, not only have we used the foundational documents in the first three sentences, now we're given two Supreme Court cases 150-odd years apart that are saying the same thing. This is what I'm basing my religious liberty exemption on, going all the way back. I mean, you look at 1891, uh, 1776, so let's make it 1780, so that's 20, so that's about 100. 10 years from the founding of the country, the Supreme Court came out and affirmed, you've got complete freedom of the control of your body from trespass. Baby. My body, baby. <clears throat> mm. Next paragraph. <clears throat> In accordance with federal and state supremacy clause laws, which allows for the secured religious exemption for immunization requirements so herein identified, I affirm that demanding my participation in the injection of a dubious substance is forbidden 
and trespasses on my religious belief that my relig- and my religious liberty, my belief and my liberty. I do not consent, and as a protected and as protected by the secured rights of the United States Constitution and the Constitution of, you put in your state, Texas, I will accept no segregation, no discrimination, and no civil rights, nor equal protection violations as secured by the deprivation of rights under the color of law, 18 U.S.C. 241, that's, and 241, because of my exercise of my property, my rights, my religious belief, and life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So that's the that's the uh, equal protection rights, right? The color of law, 18 yes. U.S.C. 241 and 241. That's all you're going to need to say. That's all. I'm sorry. And it's supposed to be 241 and 242. I did a type out error. I put 241 twice. Oh, we got a typo there. We're going to okay. We'll we'll do that before we post this typo. Good. Yeah. Okay. It's easy to do those typos, man. So, um, so this is really all that's going to need to be said in the follow-up letter, as far as um, expressing the idea of the equal protection, Charlie, under the Civil Rights Act, is these USC two forty-one and two forty-two. So now we've come down from the Declaration of Independence, the Bill of Rights, <clears throat> the New York Supreme Court twice, two thousand twenty, eighteen ninety-one. And now we've come down. We're coming straight down. Now we're bringing in 241, 242 civil rights. We're setting up. If the person that reads this letter has any concept, even though I had put it in here, I didn't really grasp how powerful what I had done when I did it until the other day. Hmm. When you put this in here, you're letting him know, I'm going to be filing civil rights discriminations against you. I'm going to do everybody. I'm not doing you. I'm doing the college president, the vice president, the secretary of the co- I'm doing everybody because you are all involved in this decision. Now, do you understand what it means when it says I will accept no segregation, discrimination, and no civil rights or equal right protections? No. What are they saying? What are they saying at these college campuses that you either get the vaccine right or if we accept your religious liberty exemption, you'll have to be tested every week. Yeah, right, right. Okay, that's, that's discrimination on two counts. First, and the major count is there, the, the gentleman, you can look this up, the study by the inventor of the PCR test, his name is Kerry, Mullis. K-E-R-Y. Yeah, we know him, Kerry Mullis. Yes, he even said the PCR test was never set up to detect. Yes. Um, yes. Intended to diagnose. So now you're back to the Alberta case. I, if, if you intend to discriminate and violate my civil rights under 241 and 242, then I require the verified material that the PCR test was invented to diagnose the coronavirus. And see how we're pulling back to the what we talked last time? Material the evidence. Alberta. Yeah, the material yeah. evidence. Show me the virus, show me the test. And it's all hearsay. Exactly. Yeah. It's exactly. Hmm. It's exactly. So that's the power of adding this in there. You're putting them on notice right here. And not only 
Is it forbidden to depress fast, but you're not going to discriminate, segregate, isolate. You're not doing nothing because all of that's a violation of the civil rights laws. Yeah, because they're, they're going to want to they're going to want to put kids in a separate dorm or who knows, you know, they'll, they'll do whatever they can get away with. Right. They'll just do whatever they can get away with. Yeah. Well, the kids are just kids. Yeah, I know. They, they, they aren't. I mean, I'm 70. I spent 30 years on this. I've been getting a butt kicking for 30 years. <laughs> and all of a sudden I realized the oath of office. It all comes. The Fourth Amendment says you don't have to say anything. It's what we talked about last time. I need the warrant. I need the affidavit. I need your oath of office. And I need your bond. Because I get to ask for that because under due process. And as soon as you deny me that, then you've automatically trespassed on the Constitution. You've trespassed on your oath of office, which is a felony. Okay? Yeah. So, and we were talking that last time, folks, so it's this idea that you can't have anybody knock on your door and tell you you got to do this or that. they got to have what, Charlie? Those four things? Well, you're going back to the Fourth Amendment. Right. The right of the people to be secured in their person, bodies, papers, and effects from unreasonable search and seizure. Right. And here's, here's where the Founding Fathers told us a secret. But enough, you have too enough to understand exactly what they said. And no warrant shall issue but upon probable cause supported by oath or affirmation, naming the person, places, and items to be seen. So when all of this pandemic out in March of last year and they started shutting down restaurants and gyms and all of these different things mm -hmm. and when the health department or the police would come usually the police came with the health department you'd see people say say where's the warrant where's the warrant where's the warrant that was the Wait a minute. what Take, the founding you're, you're cutting out a little bit just to move back from your microphone a little bit I think it's sometimes okay. okay go ahead okay I'm sorry. so the warrant was only half of the protection the founding fathers provided. The other half was the affidavit. There has to be a man or woman that signs the affidavit of harm, injury, or loss. And they don't ever have it. They don't have it. Yeah. Or, or they're going to say, well, when you come down and we book you, your attorney can look at the affidavit. Your attorney can get the affidavit on discovery. No. You've just committed a felony. You've trespassed on the Constitution. You've trespassed. Look, I'm just trying to protect you. Somebody's giving you constitutional I'm just trying to protect you. I'm just, yeah, this is your career. I mean, if this is what you want to do, well, let's go down to the courthouse, but let's stop at the clerk of the court's office because I'm going to get your affidavit, your oath of office, and I'm going to get your bond information. And while you're filing a complaint against me, I'm going to be filing a trespass complaint against you on the oath of office in the Constitution. I'm just doing this to protect you. Somebody's <laughs> giving unconstitutional just counsel. Just trying to help you I out just here. Want to I wonder on I'm this sure, letter, yeah. Charlie, on this, uh, on this religious exemption letter, we're talking with Charlie Sewell. We're live here on September 22. Care to join us? 888-663-6386. Email patrick at oneradionetwork.com. We've got a couple of good questions here for Charlie. But um, I guess there's no telling, um, depending on the intelligence and uh, experience 
of the attorneys at universities or place of businesses that are even going to get what you're saying here. I mean, this might be all kind of Chinese to a lot of attorneys, right? Because they don't really understand this stuff either, do they? They're probably, they're probably going to tell you that this is crazy and it doesn't apply. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Are they? Okay, so how can you tell me the Constitution doesn't apply? Yeah, I know. How can you tell me the Supreme Court ruling doesn't apply? Okay, because when you go back to the New York Supreme Court and you read the other half, uh, the other sentence that we talked about back in August, it talked about you can't have bars open and Walgreens and Home Depot open and turn around and close and limit churches and synagogues because that's all that's all um, deprivation of rights under color of law. That all falls under equal protection. You just can't do falls it. Under no. 241, 242. Just can't do it. When you think about this, just broad strokes before we move forward is so much is going on in this country with so many different things. I mean, you can go from taxes to, I mean, property tax to everything and they're just kind of getting away with it because we don't know any better. Correct. And they don't want us to know any better. No, you think? This is, all, this is all part of the plan. They don't want us to know. Most of the people that signed a oath of office don't even understand the implications. Right. Did you know when you signed an oath of office, there's no immunity for unconstitutional wrongdoing? No kidding. There's no... See, You see, when they sign the oath of office, they're saying, I'm an officer of the law. They're saying, I am learned in the Constitution and the secured rights in the Constitution. Really? It's like a doctor when he, when he signs the Hippocratic Oath and he goes in and kills somebody and it comes out that he didn't use the right procedure and he goes, well, holy smokes, I didn't know that before. <laughs> I just learned something today. I didn't know that. You one. think that's going to fly? Yeah. You think that's going to fly? And that's why understanding these Supreme Court rulings, uh, the one on the face mask, Achalucha County, Green versus Achalucha County in Florida, uh, this um, uh, Patrick King in Alberta, the courts are telling us, they're begging us, use these words, use these phrases. I think last time we talked about the 170 nurses and, and, and medical Houston, staff. Right? In Houston, and they filed. They filed a claim, and their attorney advised them. This shows you, whatever. And the claim was, the vaccine was experimental, and that this fell under the Nuremberg crimes. Well, the judge laughed them out of court. Yeah, threw it out of court, and said, "Look, you don't like it? Go get a job someplace else." See, they argued the wrong thing. And last time we talked about in the first 17 days, Biden passed one of his 17 executive orders was uh, loan forgiveness for farmers of color. Correct? Right. Okay. Okay. And, and some other farmers put an injunction on it, said that the federal government had no authority under the equal rights protection to give money to one group and not give it to another group. So these, excuse me, 
these court rulings are telling us the words to use. Don't go out and use this thing. It's a excuse me, an experimental vaccine, right. an emergency vaccine. Don't you don't do want that. to use it because now you're getting into mud wrestling. You're mud wrestling in the pit. You want to stay up here with the Constitution and the Supreme Court and other federal rulings that show the winning constitutional words and phrases. Hmm. Charlie Sewell is with us. Here's a good email. This is from Taylor. Will you please ask Charlie if all that he is discussing also applies to mandated testing PCR? From what I am gathering, it sounds as though I may possess a stronger case for wrongful termination based on discrimination. Here's a fellow. Oh, I recognize him. He quit his job because they wanted him to get a injection. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> the horrible thing is he quit the job instead of getting fired. You got to um, get you should get fired, right? Let him fire you. That's what I'm hearing. I'm yeah. not an expert on this, but what I have heard is um um that you need to get fired. However, he needs to do an affidavit of saying why he quit. Okay. And then he go and pull this. First of all, he needs to write up. Uh, he needs to write where is the verified material evidence that the PCR test even does this. And here's the, here is from uh, Carrie Mullins who said it wasn't even invented for that. And, and and so now he was discriminated under 241, 242. Mm-hmm. Okay, that would be my thought on how he's going to have to pursue this. Fellow like this, if I don't know if he quit or was fired. He He's listening, so maybe he'll let us know. But either way, and if he's not working there, does he have any recourse? Can he go back and, and maybe tell him he wants to, you know, I'm going to sue you and, you know, give me... Hundred thousand dollars, and I won't see her, or something like that. Well, the key is he—I don't know because I'm not an attorney. But right. my thought is this: he needs to write. You don't want to go and talk to him. You want to write a letter first, okay? Put him on notice, and then you want to set up a date to go talk to him. That would be my thought, okay? Okay, because when you go in and blindside them, they're blindsided. Okay, and basically you're going to get denial. So you want to write them first and say, here was the event. Here's why I did what I did. And now and now I find out this is where you all violated the Constitution, the Supreme Court. And here's where I'm requiring the verified material evidence that the PCR test is even valid for COVID because then. Oh, wait a minute. Okay, so I, I, I got to take a little break here quickly. Go ahead. And and then yes. and then we're going to continue and then we're going to we're going to before we go then we'll take it from step one uh, your your business is telling you you have to you have to get vax or quit or or, or or quit and then we're just going to take it step by step so you understand a little more here stay right there previously with the highly credentialed Dr Thomas Levy he argues because the literature shows that oxidation is the cause of disease but the whole point is. The location, the concentration, the duration, the distribution of oxidized biomolecules determines 100% of all diseases. And so that's why I say oxidative stress doesn't cause disease. Oxidation is disease. Is disease. If there's no oxidized biomolecules, you don't have a toxin. The toxic effect is 
oxidation of biomolecules. That's the entirety of it. And by the grace of God, several months ago, George Wiseman said this about hydrogen. Hydrogen is the world's best antioxidant by a long shot. Hmm. First of all, it's 700 times uh, smaller than something like uh, CoQ10, 400 times smaller than vitamin C, things like that. So it can literally go, the hydrogen molecule can literally go through everything in your body and go right into the very DNA and repair it. So now it makes sense why George was able to say this back in August 2019 with such conviction. The body accepts that gas and uses it to heal everything. It's like the fountain of youth. It's a astonishing the amount of ailments in fact in scientific studies and they have over a thousand scientific studies now they are showing that it either helps the body heal directly or indirectly from virtually every ailment that ails any water-based life form okay i'm sold and i was able to get one a couple of months ago thanks to your support it's called the aquacure hydrogen machine breathe the gas and bubble the water there's a promo code one radio for 10 percent discount i think a great investment for you Knowing what we know now on OneRadioNetwork.com. Lisa wants to know what does Dr. Cowden think about the far infrared saunas that Patrick is always talking about for detox? Yeah, I like infrared saunas, uh, near infrared and far infrared both. So those help to shake loose from our cells the toxins that are trapped inside our cells and they go into the extracellular space. If you're working on your lymphatic system, then the toxins that are in the extracellular space will go into the lymphatic vessels and travel back to, to the central circulation and be pumped by the heart through the uh, kidneys and into the urinary bladder and toilet or through the liver and the gallbladder and the bowel and finally into the toilet. And so that is, a, is an excellent way to, uh, to detoxify. Thank you, Dr. Lee Cowden. He wasn't particularly promoting our specific sauna per se. But it's certainly a good understanding from his perspective how this works. Okay, Patrick, enough from you. Just talk too much. Our, our, <laughs> our sauna is uh, it's really a good one. And uh, you can get yourself one if you email me, Patrick, at OneRadioNetwork.com. Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com. And uh, we'll give you the best price that we know possible, which is one. 1295 and that's delivered in the lower 48 for those of you in Petaluma that means not Alaska or Hawaii and we ship them all over the world and boy it's getting to be I mean we're gonna we we are we are we already doing a little fall thing here this morning so the weather is going to start to cool off you're going to be more uh, motivated to do saunas and uh Boy, you live up north, you're going to be, you know, these things will keep you warm. Keep you, keep you warm. Come in and do a sauna. And, wow. They're really fun. They're great. I just use mine every day. I was in mine twice yesterday. Twice. But you just want to drink plenty of water, get your little electrolytes, and you're, you're good to go. And, uh, and they've actually done, done, done studies. Check this out. Well, say they will take your, your urine... And they'll see how much mercury and other heavy metals you're excreting from your pee, right? And then you, you check this out. Then you do the sauna, 30 minutes, the far end for a sauna. This was from ours. They did this in uh, Taiwan Medical University. And then they showed that the amount of mercury and heavy metals were actually more 
coming out of your little bladder kidney thing, your body, even just 30 minutes in the sauna. How about them apples, baby? That's pretty cool. Uh, so it's not only uh, detoxing things, as Dr. Cowden said, from your skin, but then, you know, in the sweat, but then also it's working on all phases of the body. These are exceptional units. We think that you're going to really enjoy them. Check them out on One Radio Network. OneRadioNetwork.com. We're back in business on the Pearl Seam. If you'd like to get some, uh, just go to our website, click on it. I don't think we have the powder yet, but there are the capsules. You know, they had a whole disruption with the supply chain thing uh, from China where they have the uh, the pearls, uh, the real pearls that they use for this, not a ground-up calcium thing from some cave in Bangladesh. You know, this is real pearl. They're in uh, very pristine lakes in central China that Dr. Rulin Shu's family uh, tend to. And um, so, but they're back in business. We have the capsules, so that's what I'm using now. You just open up the capsule, capsule dump it on the toothbrush, and go, and then you can take the capsules internally. Dr. Ray Pete is a very a big fan of getting more calcium into your body, and that's why he recommends milk and cheese and things. But uh, this would be the only form of capsule of uh, calcium that we recommend because it is uh, from a living source. And if you look at the Max Planck Institute out of uh, in Europe, they'll tell you that anything that's not a living source to begin with is not good for the body. It just isn't. That's why we don't recommend, you know, man-made chemicals and stuff like that. So this is from a once living source, the um, pearl seam, very heavy calcium, but lots of other minerals in there. It helps you to sleep because calcium kind of relaxes you. This is why people have used kind of, you know, milk before bed, you know, kind of thing. That's why, that's why it works, calcium. But it's got a lot of other minerals in there too. So check it out, Pearl Seam, on our website, oneradionetwork.com. From the Hill Country in Texas, this is oneradionetwork.com. We're with Charlie Sewell. Charlie, thanks so much for coming on the show. This has been great thus far. I think we've really kind of covered it all. But so now let's go through um, just the steps one by one. So just so you know, we're going to have the two documents that Charlie's going to now talk about that we have talked about, well, one we've talked about, and then another one that we're going to have it as a downloadable on the audio show page. So if you're watching this on video on BitChute or some other place, somebody sent it to you from a BitChute, go to oneradionetwork.com, look for the Charlie Sewell show page of September 22. It'll be on our front page. Scroll down, you'll find it. Or if it's, you know, if it's two months from now, you may have to just put Charlie's name in the search function, Charlie Sewell, uh, September 22 show, and then click on that, and then you'll see the downloadable documents for the religious exemption. So, somebody's working at somewhere, who knows? Some company, small, large, who knows? And they're saying, you know what, kid, after November 1, either you get vaxxed or you're out of here. What do they do? Well, the first thing, they never threaten. one of the biggest loser things to say is, well, if you do this, I'm going to sue you. Yeah. I haven't met anybody that ever said that that did it. The great thing is we don't have to do that. We're going to file civil rights complaints. Okay. But. First thing you do, though. First thing. uh, 
what they have to do is use whatever religious exemption form they decide to use. Okay, that's up to them. I'm using the one I've done is based on the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, and these Supreme Court rulings. And I think that's pretty powerful. <clears throat> and I think that's something you can stand on. And then adding the last paragraph is critical. If, if you're going to deny this, then you have to provide verified an affidavit. And I think that, that, that's important. Okay. Okay, now, no, back up a little bit. Back up. Okay. Patrick, you're out of here. So do I say anything to them or do I, what do I say to them? You just need to write them a letter and okay. include and include just liberty exemption. Oh, just just go ahead and, yeah, but you don't, you don't want to quit though, right? You're just going to stay at work. Um, yeah. Yeah. If my understanding is you don't want to quit because if you've quit, if they fire you, then this is just my opinion. I understand. If they fire, they fire you, you've got wrongful termination under the Civil Rights 241-242. Okay? If you quit, then that means you backed off on your own. And you can, through affidavit, like the gentleman that wrote the message in that we talked about, go back and do an affidavit right. and explain why he quit and stuff like that. And um, it would be particularly harmful uh, to do it before whatever the deadline date would be, you know, because the employer can turn around and say, I just thought he quit. I just thought he quit. He never yeah. expressed anything to me about being concerned about mandatory vaccines that I can remember. You know, so if you're if he quit, he's probably going to have to create his own timeline in the affidavit. I went and talked to my supervisor. My food supervisor said there wasn't anything he could do about it. He was taking it from the plant manager, the, you know, da, da, da. So he's going to have to create an affidavit paper trail of why he quit, a humble opinion. Why of course, he, I'm not a new... Yeah, yeah. But so you don't want to quit. So um, so they're going to... You're going to go home and then use some kind of religious exemption letter, either this one or... Or the if you got your own the last paragraph of this one, and just go ahead and send it to them and see what happens. Well, you've got to let them know ahead of time. If the deadline date is October first, you've got a really short window, so you don't want to wait till till September thirtieth to mail the letter. Okay, you want to go ahead and get the letter out there because you need some wiggle room to be able to communicate with. Them. Okay, got it. And when you mail letter when you mail your exemption i don't care what exemption it is you need to have the name of the man on mine <clears throat> mine you, you would write on there you would hand write on there the name of the person you're sending it to and then you would also write the certified mail number the united states postal certified mail number you're going to send it certified mail you want to write it also on there yeah send certified and mail number one two three you know they give you the little number thing. exactly yeah. Exactly. Okay. But you want to send them out. And if you think this is going to be a big problem, then like I said, you need to send it out to quite a few people. Well, uh, you're going to do we just want to wait, though, and see? I mean, maybe it will work with just one person, right? Or not? Well, the problem is, 
Well, then if you were going to do that, you would probably want to write notice to the principal as notice to the agent and notice to the agent as notice to the principal. Okay. Well, that gets a little complicated for people. Yeah. Um, That's all right. I mean, well, you've got to let them know you're notifying everybody. I mean, it's going to be a little complicated, but it's your job. Yeah, it's just you a job. Billy up to the bar. Yeah, baby. Okay, yeah. so so let's repeat that. So if you're just going to send it to the one person at the university, for example, you can put at the bottom, notice to the agent. Say it again. Notice to the agent is notice to the principal. Notice to the principal is notice to the agent. So that's telling them, I'm going to send it to you, baby, but... Um, you know, I'm going to send yeah. it to a lot of other people. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're letting them know. You're letting them know by, by giving it to you. That includes the president, the vice president, the chairman of the board, and all those people. Cool. Let's take a phone call for you. Hello. Good morning. You're on the air. Hey, Patrick. How are you? I'm good. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, so I, I was actually terminated. I did not quit. Okay. Boy, you, you got a bad signal. You got you're moving around. Give me, give me some bars, baby. <laughs> Sorry. Is this better? Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, I was terminated for not complying with the protocols and procedures. Okay. Which was either to be vaccinated or to take a weekly test. Okay. So, Charlie, this is the fellow that wrote in. So, he was permanent uh, terminated. What would he do now? Did he did he, <clears throat> did he submit any written documentation that he didn't consent to this that he felt, or did he uh, submit a religious exemption form? I, I did not submit a religious exemption form. I sent an email prior to, uh, basically what happened is I was notified for not testing. I replied that I did not consent to the test uh, until I was able to have dialogue. Um, I brought forth some of the things that you are talking about today, especially with regards to Carrie Mullis, um, and at which point I was basically coerced or trying to be coerced into taking the vaccine, uh, and I was given until... The, the weekend, basically, to make my decision, I came back uh, on Monday um, and said that I will not be complying, and on Tuesday, I was terminated. Okay. Well, <clears throat> you're going to have to create a timeline affidavit of what happened. <clears throat> then, <clears throat> I would also put in there copy of the email where it said you wanted to have a dialogue with them and that you were denied redress of grievance protected under the First Amendment of the Constitution, one of the secured, actually you're secured, right? You want to use secured right all the time because that's the word in the Declaration of Independence. Um, then you're going to have to use um, some of the court cases, and um, they're coming out with more of them right now. The Alabama Supreme Court uh, just said that uh, uh, vaccines couldn't be mandated for employees. You'll have to look that up and find some of those out. Uh, but basically, um, 
what I would suggest is that you look at the religious exemption letter that I've shared with Patrick. I've got to make a one or two typo corrections. And um, there may be some information in there you can use. Um, the other thing that you're looking at, I'm going to send you another letter from a friend of mine in Alabama who uses a different kind of format. Um, and he talks about, he, he, he shows where all businesses, corporations, through the charter are under the Constitution. So you're going to have to include that in your affidavit. Um, um, okay, so no, it's going to get a little it's get, it's get a little little tricky. But Charlie, are you going to be available to help people through email? Can you do that? I I can uh, communicate with them and share what little knowledge I have that I'm in, that I'm doing through freedom of speech and peaceable assembly. Some people might think I'm doing. Uh, uh, legal advice, but that's absurd because I'm not an attorney. I'm just right. Just, but we, you know, so be be respectful of Charlie's times. He'd not be able to spend his. You know, you're going to have to learn some of this stuff on your own. But so, so then Taylor, what would be your goal of doing this? You want to go back to work for these guys, or not necessarily? I just want to. You know, is it a wrongful termination suit? And I, I've, I've, I've. Well, that would be more an attorney thing, wouldn't it, Charlie? I mean, at this um, juncture, right? I mean, I've already, I've already been fired. No. But I look at it from a, a discrimination, you know, standpoint of my body, my choice, basically, much, much in the Fourth Amendment, um, and saying you cannot mandate me to take this test or to get a vaccine in order to work here. This is ridiculous. Right. Of course. Okay. Now. Now. See, if you go and make that statement, then, then they're going to put the burden of proof on you. That's where you've got to get download this information from Patrick King in Alberta, Canada from August 3rd. You've got to say, where is the verified material? You, you're locked up, Charlie. You, Charlie's internet locked up. Man. Um, so what he's about to say is, where is the verified material evidence that there is right, a... I, I, you get that. And I'm familiar yeah. with So I'm the, familiar his idea... With hold on a sec. Hold on. Take a breath. His idea is that rather than making a statement of this and that, you want to throw the back into their court, right, Taylor? You right. show me what's going on here. You know, show me the verified evidence. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. And, okay. and I'm familiar with the Pat King case from Alberta. Um, and so the fact that he was able to do this on his own, I, I'm having trouble finding legal counsel. Well, right? yeah, like, I mean, because it, it costs money, too, and I know you're out of work. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a challenge, boy, I tell you. You know, what are you going to do? And so it, it, it comes down to, is this something that I can actually do on my own, right? Yeah. Knowing more about no, I understand. the law than, than attorneys actually know. Well... You know, that would be just, or, or is it even, you just want to let it go, you know? Well, that, 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 there's, there's that aspect as well. Right, uh, just move on, you know? But, you know, why, why pour energy into it? Right, uh, But right. at the same time, it's one of those things where, you know, this, this, this to me is bigger than, than just me, right? This sure. is about uh, the, the grand scheme of, of all of this. I agree. And, 
is it starting to now being able to get cracks into this armor that so many people are afraid of, right? And then when people can start to see that, no, you do have rights and you do have this and this thing is, in fact, a fraud, um, that, to me, is the, the bigger goal. I got you. Uh, yeah. it's, not, it's not about Taylor, right? No, I understand. Well, it just depends. That'll be up to you, brother, of how much you want to do, you know, and how much juice you got for this. And where you want to go, and you know, it'll be a whole personal decision with you and your family. By the way, we just lost Charlie's internet. My internet is strong. His internet, it was acting up a bit today, so I don't know what happened. He's in Virginia. I think they, <laughs> we totally lost him. He may pop back on. So, so was this at all helpful, though, what, what we did today, Charlie? I mean, uh, Taylor? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, 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 I'm excited as I'll get out to hear him. Uh, not only the grounds on which he's standing, uh, again, it's, it's similar to me going and making a statement, which I did not, but to make a statement of this is ridiculous, well, that's not grounds to stand on because the burden of proof is on me. Right, exactly. For him, for, yeah. for, for, for him to make the, the burden of proof on them through the Constitution in that actual jargon, right, that the words of, of the founding documents, that's powerful. It is, and also it's powerful... You know, using this Alberta case of Al, what's his name here, um, Patrick King. <laughs> yeah, we had him on the air, uh, you know, and um, he got him. He, he said, you know, you just got to show me the, 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 you know, the isolated virus. He did the Kaufman and Cowan thing, and the, and the health minister said, well, they don't have any evidence, right? <laughs> and, and he won with that. Pretty, right. pretty powerful, you know, if you throw it back on them, right? Show me the virus or show me, the, show me the science that shows that masking is safe and effective. They don't Correct. have that. Show me, show me the, the uh, verifiable evidence that the PCR test is accurate. They don't have it, right? So that's the idea. You want to keep throwing it back at them, Taylor. Correct. Right. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure from maybe Charlie's perspective, and obviously he's done incredible research on this and putting together this, this letter, if I would even have legs to stand on. But I, I did not, I, I knew at a bare minimum I could not resign. That was the other option I was given, resign on philosophical differences. Well, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to resign, and I'm not going to take your jab, and I'm not going to take your test. You're going to have to fire me, and that's in fact what they did. Well, that's good, because then you still have a, you know, I mean, wrongful termination thing. That could... You know, you might find somebody, an attorney that wants to play with it or something, you know? Well, and that's the thing. is, If attorneys were to become aware of some of this information, right? They, they, how many people right now are just buying this thing hook, line, and sinker? That's the I know. problem. I know. You know, and so it, it, it's when, when people become informed, truly informed, if you're going to remain rational, <laughs> you know, you can't have this cognitive dissonance in this. It, it's either it's this or it's that. And so if, if the reality is that there is no provable virus, there is no uh, scientific evidence of masking and or the PCR test and so on and so forth, well, now you got a decision. And are you going to continue to go along with the fraud or are you going to begin to expose it? And I think that this is where attorneys have got to be able to say, I'm going to do the right thing. Um, exactly. Like you know, you might, I don't, you, you know, we had uh, Thomas Renz on, uh, Taylor, R-E-N-Z. Several times, he's out of Ohio. He's a, he's okay. he's right in the thick of this. 
you know, you might you might contact his office. Maybe maybe he he could help in some way. He's all over this. Okay, Thomas Renz. R-E-N-Z, right. Great okay, great state of Ohio. I think he's Cincinnati. I'm pretty sure. Now, I don't know. But look on our, our archives and our audio archives of Renz, R-E-N-Z, and I think we have his website on there. Okay, perfect. Thank you. See Thank you. you, Patrick. Have a great day. Yeah. Bye-bye. Let's see if we can get Charlie to call me because his internet just boom. 858-4790 so we can wrap this up. Talking with Charlie Sewell and his internet just poof. It was interesting. It was popping off and on a little bit. He's in uh, Virginia so he was uh, his internet was having a bad hair day anyway. But uh, So what we're going to do once again if you're watching this video on BitChute or Two months from now, it's September 22nd, today, 2021. Uh, you can go on One Radio Network, look up the Charlie Sewell Show, S-E-W-E-L-L, of September 22 through our search function. Or if it's just in the next few weeks, you'll find it on the front page if you scroll down. And we're going to have the, the documents for this religious exemption document uh, that you can try and use. And see, uh, you know, see how, see if it works. Oh, there's Charlie. Wait a minute, he's back. Power outage. You had a power outage. You just your power just poofed out. Well, it kicked my internet out. I had to reboot to get back on. You had you literally lost power at your home, the whole house. No, I lost it on the internet connection. Oh, I see. Not the home. Good. Yeah, so there. It was a little bit flaky today. Not not too bad though. We did pretty well. We got through the whole thing without too many, you know, not not too many problems. Um, okay, uh, let's do a couple more of these emails and questions and kind of wrap this up because I got to go to. I have another interview. Um, okay, let me just share the equal rights form. I mean, the civil rights form. Okay, great. Okay, <clears throat> if you have a piece of paper and a pencil, write this down. This is the link. This is what you type in to get the eight-page civil rights violation form to file with the federal government. Oh, one eight-page civil rights. All right. So here is we type in your Google search civil c i v i l. Okay. Rights r i g h t s. Right. Discrimination. D-I-S-C-R-I-M-M-A-T-I-O-N. Right. Complaint. Com, C-O-M-P-L-A-I-N-T. Form. Hmm. Package. Okay. P-A-C-A-G-E. And if you, t- it's a PDF. Yeah. And when you type that, it comes up and you click and download it. And page one and two is the actual complaint form. <clears throat> the next two pages are the consent form that you give the government the consent to research it. Now, let me tell you, you need to read every page of this. It is a violation to file a uh, false um, um, discrimination violation. So you have to base it on your religious exemption form that has the uh, 
organic laws and the Supreme Court ruling. That's what you're basing it on. And this is this is your backup. This is the backup when they deny it. You write them back and say, I received your letter. I gave you an opportunity. I believe you were violating my civil rights under 241, 242. And I'm just letting you know that in 72 hours, I'm going to be mailing out civil rights violations on, on you, the college itself, the college president, all the people that you mailed your religious exemption to. You're letting it be known under... Notice to the agent is notice to the principal. Notice to the principal is notice to the agent. You're filing civil rights complaints on all of them. Okay, so that you would do that at that point when you're not getting anywhere, and then you want to write them back and say that you're going to file the civil rights thing that you can download. Correct? That's what you're going to do. You're going to give them one more opportunity. Okay. To come into compliance with the secured right of my religious liberty. Gotcha. But you want to you want to really understand why you're sending this out just so you you're you're on solid ground, right? Absolutely. You need to read what it says um, on page 6 or 7 or whatever. Uh, it tells you it has 1001 making a false complaint to the federal government. You need to read that. You need to understand exactly what you're doing need to understand the exemption form. You need to understand where they have violated on your civil rights under 241 and 242. And that's what you're utilizing it on. All right. Now, it is an eight-page thing. What you want to put in there, just you just put in a search function. It's not a, it's not a, uh, the URL will come up, right? Civil rights discrimination right. complaint form package. Put that in there. Civil rights, yeah. yeah. Civil rights. That's how it's listed. It'll just pop up. You don't have to have an exact URL. Civil rights. Maybe, uh, maybe Lynn's doing the notes. You can find the URL by doing that, and we'll put that. We'll put that link too on uh, on your show page. This is interesting question from Kevin. Why would the exemption work in a right to work state such as Texas? Because the corporation is still under the Constitution. They're a political subdivision and instrumentality of the federal government. The reason the religious exemption works is because there's no clause in the Constitution that gives corporations the authority not to recognize a religious exemption. And there's no, no way they can validate that they get to violate freedom of religion in the Constitution. And that's because they have corporate charters and they have an LLC or a corp, C-Corp yes. or whatever they do. And they've got to deal with the, with the devil, with the government. And then they've got to do this stuff with the Constitution, right? Right. And again, again, if you're not willing, first thing you need to do is you need to download this discrimination complaint package and you need to read it and be familiar with it because you don't want to make that threat if you're not going to do it. Okay. It's like saying, I'm going to sue you. If you're not going to sue them, don't go and say those words. Well, if you're not going to actually file civil rights complaints, then don't, then don't make that thing. So you need to download this and educate yourself and decide if this fits with your situation.
Okay, we got to go. I got somebody at the door now. and It was time anyway. Okay. And Doodle's out there I going. Hey, well, Charlie, well, thank you so much. You know, just thank you so much. This was great. I think we did we did a good service, right? I mean, it was a lot of stuff, but, you know. And my email is C-D-S-E-A, the number 10, one zero, at gmail.com. C-D-A-S-E-A, 10. C-D-S-E-A. 10. 10 at gmail.com. At gmail.com. Charlie Sewell, been a great two hours. I think we helped a lot of people. Folks, you want to know what you're doing, but, you know, uh, and, and don't abuse Charlie's email address and think he's going to be your attorney. He's not an attorney. He doesn't do legal advice, right? You, just, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, just take it easy on him. Charlie, God love you. You have your dog right there? Can we see him real quick? No? Come here, Meg. Come here. She's on the step, and she's saying, ah, you want something. I'm not coming. Ah, uh, she would. That's all right. What, what? Let's go out. Here she comes. Here she comes. Oh, Charlie, she comes. show you his dog. <laughs> no, she's not. She wants to go out. She doesn't want to get She's not lap. coming. Sorry. All right, Charlie. Well, I love you, brother. Thanks for everything. You stay out of trouble. Stay under the radar now, okay? Yep. Yep. See you soon. Bye. Bye-bye. Patrick Timpone, OneRadioNetwork.com, and uh, we will see you... Uh, we're going to see you in, a, in an hour with uh, Thomas Cowan and uh, Andrew Kaufman. Get your questions in. Show me the virus, people. Love you all. Thank you for your ongoing support. Take care, and we will see you in an hour right here. Um, may the blessings be. Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is one. RadioNetwork.com.